Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Butch, good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Very good, Coach. We just left last segment off with, with what Frank Martin said, Coach Frank Martin for South Carolina basketball coach, uh, talking about kids today and how it's not their fault of how they're behaving. It's basically our responsibility for what we are doing and the lack of preparation for the What we demand today. of them, too. What we demand of them. What's your stance on stuff like that? I totally agree. I actually saw that uh, comment early this morning, and I thought, you know what? That's one of the things uh, we just recently, this past weekend, obviously we had a big scrimmage in the coaching clinic, and one of the things we talked about with the high school coaches that were here is, is you know, what a unique position that all of us as coaches are in to, to really kind of change the narrative and the expectations for kids. Sometimes they, they grow up in that era where, like, you know, they got a room full and they got a, a small, gigantic garage full of ribbons and trophies and stuff for absolutely accomplishing nothing. And uh, for us to be able to kind of set the barometer for them, try to help them understand that, you know, if you're going to be successful in life, it, it's hard work. And you've got to show up. You've got to put a lot into it. And I love the comment. I thought it was outstanding. Are you are you still as tough on kids today than, say, you were 20 years ago? Uh, probably not, to be honest with you. But I think, I think my – expectations and demanding is maybe delivered in a little bit of a different message and that you, you, over the course of a lifetime, you understand, you know, where kids are and how they got to where they are that, you know, obviously, unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, one parent families and kids grow up sometimes maybe with absentee father or absentee mother for a variety of reasons. And I think the way in which you try to build that relationship with them, you know, with, makes the delivery. But I don't think that I've lessened my expectations that uh, I, I just I want kids to go through where there's no regret in life. that They don't look back and and. Uh, and say, gosh, I wish the coaches would have pushed me. I wish I would have accomplished a lot more. And I think that a lot of it, you know, falls on the coaches to just not, not give them the easy way out all the time. Speaking of coaches, what's your relationship like with Roy Williams these days? You know what? I mean, obviously Roy's done a fabulous job at North Carolina. And when I was there, you know, we had a decent relationship, but I don't really, you know, I don't spend any time talking to him and those kinds of things. I I saw a little bit of the game last night. I was actually driving home and listening to it on the radio and got home in time to, to see the very end of it and everything. Two great programs, you know, Kentucky and North Carolina. I mean, historically, they're the, you know, two of the real blue blood programs in, in college basketball. And, and it doesn't come as a surprise that both of them are knocking at the door to win national championships just about every year. A lot of great things coming out of FIU in terms of news of what's going on. I know you guys got a new field put in. You got new practice fields gone in. Uh, additions everywhere, not only coaching staff, but facilities. Can you tell us what's going on lately over there? Yeah, you know, Brett, obviously we just finished the new field turf and the Jumbotron got finished and it should be up and running for the spring game on April the 7th. And uh, the two new practice fields, as you referenced a little bit, you know, they're going to be finished sometime during the middle of the summertime. We're doing some renovation in the strength and conditioning room with a nutritional bar. We added two nutrients two new nutritionists to, to help with the athletes as far as, you know, what they're eating, how they hydrate, uh, you know, how to shop, how to cook, do a lot of different things, meeting with them there. 
Uh, we've got a player's lounge and a dining hall under construction this summertime under the stadium. And so there's a lot of things, but probably the biggest construction that's going on is actually on the practice field. And that's where, it, that's where the focus really has to be. We're halfway through spring practice. We had a big scrimmage, um, you know, this past weekend and, and we're trying to evaluate these kids and how they play, how they compete. You know, we're doing a little bit of experimentation, Brett, you can re- relate to this in that trying guys out, you know, can a guy be a swing tackle? Can, can a guy be a, a backup guard and a starting center? Can, you know, we move some kids from the secondary to linebacker. We move some linebackers actually to the secondary and just shuffling people around trying to identify who the playmakers are and, uh, you know, who you can trust and how, how competitive that they are and, and uh, there's just a lot of stuff on the football aspect of it. You know, I wish we had 30 days of spring practice instead of 15, but, uh, you know, we're trying to make as, as good use of it as we possibly can. I remember covering you guys last year, and the big part of your defensive squad was obviously your linebacking core, and you got a couple guys that are coming back, and I know some additions. What else can we look forward to seeing this year out of that defense that, that frankly, uh, quite last year, it might have struggled in, in certain times? Yeah. You know what, and Brett, it, it has, and and that, and that's a big emphasis right now. I mean, you know, communication is a big part of it. As you know, you can relate to this, and and people that are out there listening. I mean, communication in football is is vital. I mean, offensive linemen passing things up and down the line of scrimmage, changing the protection, so I, you know, different calls. Well, the same thing is true on, on defense. You know, you've got to get the secondary and the linebackers have got to start talking, and with all the up tempo offenses, that communication has got to happen rapidly. Uh, you know, whether it's changing the coverages, changing responsibilities as they change formations and motions and they misplace people in personnel groupings, you got to talk. And, and that's what happens a lot of times when you see big explosive plays and big things happen. It's because somebody didn't communicate defensively. You didn't make checks, uh, you know, and get you into the right coverage or get you into the right gap responsibility. And, and we're really kind of trying to challenge those kids. But, you know, we are fortunate. We've got a good group of linebackers who've got speed they got coverage ability uh we're trying to build some depth in the defensive line you can't just play in college football even though there's absolutely no way you can play with four guys all day long i mean you we've got to have eight we've got to have maybe even nine guys ready to go and play every single saturday and and again, we're trying to find, uh, you know, secondary right now. Our two starting safeties are out. So it's given us a chance to kind of find out, you know, who might be guys that could maybe step up and play and be a part of that back end. We've got uh, head football coach at FIU, Butch Davis, joining us here. Uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, UCLA lost over the weekend in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, and their big star player is a kid, Lonzo Ball, who's going to be one of the top picks in the NBA draft. And the father, LeVar Ball, he's he's very into it. He's very outspoken. Into it is, uh, is an understatement. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could Boy, I was going to say, that's a mild understatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder, like, how, how do you deal, I mean, if, if you know, you're, you're a college coach, okay, and it's a little bit different with the NBA because you got the one-and-done kid and Lonzo Ball is clearly a one-and-done kid, but have you ever had situations where you've had to deal with overbearing parents like that? You know what's surprising? I guess I've been blessed. I mean, I, the majority of the parents that I've dealt with have been absolutely fabulous. I, I've, I've had kids that have come in that have been superstars in high school, and, and it's taken a while for them to even break into the starting lineup and never really had issues with the parents. I think if you're up front with them and you talk to them and explain, you know, here's here's what's slowing them down. You know, your son's going to do fine as long as he continues to grow and improve and learn and all those other kind of coaching, you know, analogies that you would use, but uh, I don't think I've ever had anybody where, 
you know, I mean, they were talking about, you know, we're going to make a billion dollars. Uh, that's a, that's a lot. I, I, unfortunately, I never coached Michael Jordan or, you know, Magic Johnson or some of these kind of guys, but I've coached a bunch of kids that I think are great guys, but, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where you had to deal with a parent like that. Do you think that an NBA team looks at that and they're like, you know, I, I don't know if I want to deal with this father. If, if Lonzo Ball is as good as this other kid, maybe I want to take the other kid so I don't have to deal with that headache. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I think I don't know the uh, the analogy as far as how NBA teams look at that, but I can tell you in the NFL, if a kid can play and he's going to help you win and, and win a Super Bowl or win an NBA championship, I don't think they really care about the, about the father. So in terms of Mixon, I don't know if you saw this, that the Dolphins aren't interested in bringing him in or, or, or even drafting him. He didn't get invited the to the Pro Combine. Yeah, yeah the, the running back. Didn't even yeah. get invited to the Combine. What do you think the NFL is going to be doing in the future now in, in stuff and handling this type of situations where in the locker room might cause a little bit of an issue, but putting fans in the seats and, and dealing with the backlash of the public might be even a little bit more extreme? You know what, Brett? I, I'm not sure though that that's. I, I, I'm not sure that the that the fans and stuff maybe aren't actually maybe going to get in line with that. I mean, there are so many things. You want to talk about the most toxic thing um, in sports today, and you see it exclusively. You know, at, at places like Baylor, where they've had all the sexual violence, the uh, assaults, the rapes, the allegations, and things that came out of that program. And and I think that uh, you know you're starting to see in the in the National Football League. Uh, at least a lot of the clubs are starting to take a long, hard look at guys that have got domestic violence because in the end, Brent, it, it, it obviously it comes back to haunt the team. There's been there's been teams that have given guys second chances, and the next thing you know, they're they're in jail again for domestic violence. So you know, anytime that you've got those kinds of potential flaws, you've got a chance to maybe derail the entire locker room. And I think the you know just watching from an outsider's perspective, watching the NFL over the last. A year and a half, two years, three years, there seems to be a little bit of a shift in the paradigm as to whether or not clubs are actually going to accept them. Yep. Coach, let us know one more time, when's that spring game? It's April the 7th, and uh, it's on a Friday night. We hope that everybody will get a chance to come out and uh, get a little bit of a sneak preview as to what you know the FIU Panthers are going to look like. And I guarantee it will be a lot of fun. You'll get a chance to see a lot of exciting plays and, and a little bit of a preview of what to expect for next fall. Always appreciate your time, Coach. Thanks a lot, Butch. Hey, guys, it's great to be with you. Have a great day. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.